Thank you for joining us today. At ResLife, our mission is to develop committed followers of Jesus Christ to reach the world. Our content is created to equip and empower you in God's purpose. We hope you enjoy this message. Good evening, everybody. Uh, welcome to Sunday night. I'm so uh, honored to be here with Pastor Dwayne and Jeannie and uh, the Res Life family. Um, it is really my profound privilege to be with you today and to partner with your pastor in serving the purposes of God to you. So uh, today is August 2nd, and 40 years ago today, I walked this little girl, uh, Daniil, down the aisle, and uh, we got married 40 years ago today. And isn't it wonderful that 40 years later, I'm still preaching the gospel. I'm not sure this was uh, the plan to celebrate our anniversary with preaching, but uh, given the unprecedented nature of the times, uh, we are celebrating our anniversary with your pastors. And um, Pastor Dwayne asked me if I wouldn't mind communicating with you tonight, and I am so privileged to be able to do so. So welcome. Uh, happy anniversary to us, and uh, good evening to you. So as I stated, we are in America, and perhaps globally, uh, facing some unprecedented times, uncommon times. Um, these are not days that anyone could have really forecasted. And it seems like there is a culmination or a converging of issues that are facing America. We've got, uh, we've got racial issues. We've got economic issues. We've got political issues. Uh, and we've got health issues that are uh, being introduced into our lives that are um, really, I think, vying for our attention. And the, uh, the Bible is pretty clear about us having the capacity in our Christianity to be able to defeat distractions. And when you have distractions going on in your life, if you have a fragmented focus, then you have a diminished impetus. And that diminished impetus begins to show up in uh, your effectiveness in your horizontal lives. And so when we are distracted, or let me just say it like this and entitle this message, Defeating Distractions, Keeping the Main Thing the Main Thing. When the main thing takes a secondary place in our life, and I'll, and I'll unpack this for you tonight, but uh, when we uh, have a departure from the main thing, when the main thing becomes a secondary thing, when we lose sight of really what the focus of our lives need to, needs to be after our redeemed innocence uh, experiences activation by the reception of Jesus Christ as the Lord of our life, if we begin to uh, replace the main thing with other things, then that begins to show up in the quality of our life. It shows up in our marriages. It shows up in our relationships with our kids. It shows up in our ability to navigate from the place of peace and to pursue peace and to possess peace. 
And peace is always the platform from which we possess God's promises in our life. So when we get distracted, we, we actually take ourselves out of position for possessing the promises that God promised was, were ours, all of them, when we receive Jesus as the Lord of our life. We have already been blessed with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places. All of the promises of God are yes and amen. And, the, and the, the wonderful thing about the promises of God and the blessings of God is that when we're in alignment with the priorities of the kingdom or keeping the main thing the main thing, then there's this free flow of blessings. I know blessings uh, that we've already been blessed with are spiritual blessings in heavenly places. But here's the deal. Spiritual blessings in heavenly places uh, are, not, are not designed to remain in spiritual places in heavenly, uh, in spiritual blessings in heavenly places. They're designed to operate on earth. Everything in God originates in heaven, but it's designed to work in your life and mine on the planet, on earth, while we're living on earth. Everything in God has a heavenly genesis but it is designed and assigned to have expression through our lives on earth. So when we get out of alignment, when we don't keep the main thing the main thing, then all the blessings that were procured for you and me on the cross are not able to have a free flow and express themselves on planet earth. So keeping the main thing the main thing and defeating distractions is gigantic in our uh, navigation on this planet on, in life. So uh, today I, I want to just kind of unpack this for us because in an in a uncommon, like I said, unprecedented way, the Christian is being flooded with uh, opportunities to be distracted, to have our priorities kind of messed up. When we are listening to a narrative that brings division and hate into our lives, when we forget that the first thing that we are is Christian, we're Christians first. We're political persuasions second. And when we allow the politics of our culture to abdicate our focus off of our Christ following and we begin to follow politics rather than follow the leading of the Holy Spirit. And I'm not saying to not follow politics. I'm saying don't follow politics and let them uh, get have more potency in your disposition than the reality of your redeemed innocence and the power of the Holy Spirit that's in your life and mine. Amen? And that, and that we're called to pray for people that uh, are categorically defined as our enemies. We're, we're called to do good to people that mistreat us. That we cannot get caught up in the current of the narrative that brings division among God's people. The church is the only legitimate, uh, powerful answer for the questions that this earth is, is asking. The Bible says, uh, you know, be ready. Be ready in season and out of season. This is our season of readiness, not our season of being distracted. So let's defeat distraction and keep the main thing the main thing. So let me define distraction for you. Distraction, and again, our enemy and life are ex extraordinarily faithful 
to provide the Christ follower with many, many different ways of being distracted. Just live in life, breathe in air. If we don't make a divine determination to stay, to stay focused on who we are and whose we are and what we have and what our call is, then uh, there is a, a constant flow of opportunity to get our eyes off the prize, man, and get our eyes onto things that will uh, cause an interruption of the flow of God's blessing in our life. And we get all kind of constricted and suffocated in our spiritual lives. So, so uh, distraction is this. It's a thing that prevents someone from giving our full attention to the priority. So a distraction is something that is introduced into our lives that it, it prevents us from giving our full attention to what is the priority in our life. And, and I'll begin to kind of present what I believe is uh, God's priority uh, structure here in a moment. Um, also, distraction is defined as this, extreme agitation of our minds and our emotions. And remember, the Bible says that the peace of God is sent to guard our hearts and our minds. Our thoughts and our emotions are to be guarded by the garrison of God's peace. And here, uh, distraction is really the loss of peace in the way that we think, in the way that we feel. And there are so many things going on in our culture today that are affecting our thoughts and affecting our emotions that are introducing narratives of fear and narratives of separation. And I'll even go so far as to say narratives of hate that we were never called to calibrate our Christianity to a narrative of a system that's broken. Broken systems produce broken lives that have broken dreams, that break down families, that have just brokenness everywhere. And so we are uh, citizens of a redeemed system of a system that brings back wholeness and, and completeness and the ability to navigate whatever's going on on our planet with the confidence of the power of God and the promises of God and the purposes of God being part of the priorities of God, God's kids and Christ-following people. Amen, somebody? So, so um, Extreme agitation in our minds and, and in our emotions is a distraction. When we are uh, giving what the news is saying more power and more priority and a greater volume than our prayer lives and the reading of God's word and the fellowship with God's people, then we begin to, and it, I, I'm not so naive to think that the temptation to have that introduced into our lives isn't there, but we've got to keep the main thing the main thing. we got to keep... Uh, ourselves defeating the distraction that's trying to derail our destinies. I'm telling you, the church is America's only hope. I'm telling you what you, are, what you possess, the God deposit on the inside of you is exactly the remedy for everything that is trying to derail this great nation from its greatness, amen? So Jesus said these words in Matthew 6, 33. He said, seek first. Everybody say first. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness 
and everything else will be added to you. So let's talk about this for just a little bit. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. So let's talk about righteousness for a minute. When we do not lead with the reality that our sins are forgiven, that our names are recorded in the Lamb's book of life, that we are citizens of a kingdom that has a king whose name is Jesus, when you are uh, under the canopy of the privileges of being a child of God because your innocence has been redeemed, because your sins have been forgiven, because God made him who knew no sin to be your sin and mine, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. In other words, we operate from a righteousness consciousness. We operate from a I'm forgiven place in our minds. First, that we are not being any longer tutored by shame and guilt. Guilt is I did something wrong. Shame is I am something wrong. If we don't understand that this is the platform from which we declare, from which we, from which we love and live, how we navigate and negotiate the goings-on in our lives and in the lives of those around us, if we don't understand that we have the privileges and the, and the disposition as far as God's consideration of us is concerned of righteousness— then we are constantly trying to be righteous and do righteous instead of just understanding uh, who we are and whose we are because of him. When God looks at you and me, he sees the same thing that he sees when he looks at Jesus. The reason why Jesus was forsaken is because God was responding to what he saw on the cross and what he saw on the cross was you and me. And so he turned his back on Jesus. Jesus said, why are you forsaking me? Because he is re God the Father was responding to what he saw. And what he saw was your sin and mine on Jesus. So he forsook him. So now what? So now when God, look, when God looked at Jesus, he saw us. And now when he looks at us, he sees Jesus. And so you are the righteousness of God in Christ. That is who you are. That needs to be primary in your consideration of yourself. So Jesus said, seek first the kingdom of God and, right, and the righteousness of God that is on you and then everything else will be added. The lordship of Jesus, what Jesus provided for you and me, the kingdom of God and its king and the righteousness that it uh, avails you and me at the reception of Jesus needs to be foremost in our focus. And then the Bible says, everything else will be added to you. So this is where things get kind of messed up sometimes, is when we don't realize that the kingdom by nature adds. The kingdom by nature cannot be added. So the kingdom adds when it's first. Let me say this, and perhaps this is an incomplete statement, but I believe it has a lot of truth in it, is that whatever is in your life right now, what is ever, whatever is being added to your life now is the result of what you're seeking first. Because the thing that is in first position is what causes you to be aligned with things that get introduced into your life. 
And so when, when you are seeking first the kingdom of God, when you're keeping the main thing, the main thing, and his righteousness in your life, the kingdom by nature adds everything else that you need in your life. When we are seeking our needs first, the kingdom of God will not operate at the efficiency and the effectiveness and the potency that it has the potential to do in your life and mine. The reality is that the kingdom only works when it's first. The kingdom of God is assigned and designed to work in the human condition first. And then everything else is added. Your joy is added. Your finances are added. Your health is added. Your, the husband you're looking for is added. The wife you're looking for is added. The, the, uh, the way to raise your kids is added. Your health is added. Your safe and sound is added. Why? Because that's what the kingdom does. It adds all the good stuff to your life that Jesus procured for you and me on the cross. But the kingdom's got to be first. The kingdom's got to run out your fear. The kingdom is a kingdom that is driven by and lives in the impetus of or lives on the impetus of God's love and God's goodness for you and me. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and everything else will be added to you. The kingdom of God cannot be added. It is what adds. Amen? So we got to keep the main thing, the main thing. So let me give you a couple more scriptures in the a little bit of time we, I have left here. Proverbs chapter four, uh, verses 25 through 27. And again, we're talking about defeating distractions, keeping the main thing, the main thing. The Bible says this, let your eyes look straight ahead. I want you to know that the kingdom of God is right in front of you. Your purpose is in front of you. It's not on either side of you or in back of you. So let your eyes look straight ahead. Fix your gaze directly before you. Give careful thought to the paths for your feet. Like think before you step. Think before you wander off into a mindset or in, in being caught up in an emotion or uh, being surprised by inconsistency and hypocrisy and injustice that is incident to a broken system. Like be careful before you go into that thing. Be careful before you let your feelings or your thoughts go into regurgitating what we should expect from a broken system and godless people. Don't go there. I, I felt like the Holy Spirit told me at the beginning of this pandemic, get out front and stay there. Get out front and lead your people. Lead the church. Lead the, 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 the saints that I've assigned to your charge. And, and I'm not gonna go into conversations. I'm not gonna get caught up in the emotions. Yes, it, people are being emotional right now. Yes, people are being fed uh, and, and are exposed to some really strange thinking that makes absolutely no sense to some people. But the reality is that we have to be careful about where we put our feet. We have to be careful about where we wander in, where we wander off in our emotions and our thoughts. Listen, anything that is distracting you from keeping the main thing, the main thing, you and I need to avoid that. 
We have to give careful thought to the paths for our feet. We need to be steadfast in the ways of God in all of our ways. We need to be able to stand strong and stand firm in the goodness of God and in the grace of God in which we stand that was introduced to us, this grace that was introduced to us by faith. The introduction of grace was introduced to us by faith in which we now stand, the Bible says. So Really, it's important that you stay steadfast in the grace of God for your life, to your life, and through your life. Do not turn to the right or to the left and keep your foot from evil. Don't be distracted. Defeat distractions. This is Bible instruction for the for the for the purpose of God to have full potency and full expression in your life, which will produce the fruit of satisfaction and gratification and protection and provision at the highest level. Keep the main thing the main thing and everything else is added. Defeat distractions, everything else is added. Think before you feel. Think before you go there. Think about where you're going in your life. Let me read another uh, scripture to you, Joshua 1.7. It says, only be strong and very courageous. So if the Bible is telling us to be strong and courageous, then you and I have the capacity in our humanity to be strong in the Lord and to carry with us the courage of Christ. I am not suggesting that the navigation in these unprecedented times is just a stroll in the park. It does require spiritual strength and Christ-like courage. But you can do it. It's in you to do. The empowerment is present in your life. So only be strong and very courageous. Be careful to do all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. And, 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 and a New Testament application would simply be, we can categorically say, go God's way. Do it the, the, the way that God wants you to do it. And I know that the ways of God require us to betray our natural tendencies. And there are natural ways to go that are not the biblical way to go. That we are not to follow uh, our natural tendencies and inclinations. We are to follow our spiritual tendencies and inclinations. That we walk in the spirit and then we don't fulfill the lusts of the flesh. The lusts of the flesh or the ways of the flesh is ways that limit our Christianity and our empowerment and our Christ following and the benefits of it and the impact that it's called to have. When you're in the flesh, the flesh is what's limiting the full expression of all that God has deposited in your life. The, the flesh isn't that you're just some carnivorous flesh-eating person as much as that it, it, it's a mindset of limitation based on uh, the comparison of what you have in the spirit providing you and what the flesh can provide you. So here, it, 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 the Bible is basically saying, pay attention, go God's way. And to go God's way, we've got to abandon our way. We've got to abandon the world's way. We've got to abandon the way that the world thinks, the way the, where the world feels, the way the world acts, reacts, and interacts with people. We are called to a higher place. 
We are called to be the, those that are following the leading of the Holy Spirit, not the leading of the regurgitated uh, uh, philosophies and mentalities and, and uh, contemplation conclusions that, that this world has developed and is trying to put in front of us. We are called to be Christ followers with Christ's power, full of courage and strength and going God's way. We are not called to buy into a narrative of hate that brings division. We are called to be marked by the love of God one to another and one for another. This is our opportunity to shine the brightest because this is perhaps the darkest that it's ever been. And so we as God's people, res life, hear me man, we've got to defeat distractions and keep the main thing the main thing and then everything that is in God's heart that he wants to operate on planet earth will flow to you and through you. And people will be drawn to the goodness of God that leads people to change. Not the anger of man that doesn't accomplish the righteousness of God. Not the divisions. The Bible says, let there be no divisions among you. Jesus said, when you hear of all of this mess going on, don't you buy into it. You stand strong. So uh, go God's way. Do not turn to the right or to the left. No distractions. Why? So you will succeed wherever you go. Listen, it isn't about where you go that causes success. It's about who you are that causes success. Because wherever you go, there you are. And who are you? You are strong. You're courageous. You're the righteousness of God. You're the love of God. You're the light of the world. You're the salt of the earth. That's who you are. And so let's not allow distractions to dumb us down and to be, uh, our, the differences are undetectable between Christ followers and, and Christ deniers. We've got to rise above it, man. We are the people of God. I believe that a global pandemic did not take God by surprise. That God will take the goings on on this earth and he will convert them for the good of the kingdom and the advancement of his purpose and for the light to shine out of darkness and you are the light of the world. We're called to shine brightest now. God is gonna convert all of this for your good and mine. He'll cause all things to work together for our good because we have the love of God and we have the purpose of God in our life. The Bible says God will make all things beautiful in its time. It's not beautiful yet because it's not time yet. But God is gonna make it work for his kingdom. We're gonna look back and go, man, if that didn't happen, there wouldn't have been a revival that, like the world has never seen. Before the second coming of Christ is ushered in, I'm believing that God is gonna give the globe a chance at, the, at his son like never before. And you and I are on this planet for such a time as this. God brings his best in the timeline of eternity in some of the worst times. And here we are in a very difficult time, an unprecedented time, a crazy time. 
where America is more divided than any other time in history, but let's not let the divisions that are in the world be divisions that are in our hearts one to another and watch God use you as a glove on his reviving hand, his reviving hand to bring life and light to people's lives. We're hope peddlers, man. The house of God is the place where people receive help. Oh, I'm almost done. I gotta hurry, I have just a few more minutes. Uh, so, the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 12, verses one and two, almost done, stay right with me. Therefore, since we have such a great cloud of witnesses surrounding us, in other words, we're not the only ones who have faced unprecedented times on the planet. We've got a cloud of witnesses. If we'll just look around and, and examine the history and the reputation of the Holy Spirit, we will understand that people just like you and just like me have been, that are surrounding us, have been faced with obstacles in their lives too and have passed through those times with victory, with miracles, with salvation, since we've got this great cloud of witness, witnesses surrounding us, let's get rid of everything that so easily, let's lay aside every encumbrance and the sin which so easily entangles us and let's run with endurance the race that is set before us. Listen, defeat distractions. Get rid of the things, the entanglements that are tying us up and preventing us to, from running this race in the service of our generation. How do we do that? Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and the perfecter of our faith, the alpha and the omega. The one who starts it is the one that's finishing it. Listen, I think God has started some th things in your life. He started some things in your business. He started some things in your relationships. Listen, if he started it, he's gonna finish it. He didn't bring you that client so you could lose the client. He brought you the client so you can sign the contract and close the deal and prosper and have your prosperity accompanied with generosity. He didn't bring you into that marriage so your marriage will end. He brought you into that marriage so you'll finish it. Trust me, I've been in it for 40 years and it's great. So God isn't just a beginner of things. He's a ender of things. He's a finisher of things. And I want, I want to uh, alleviate your fear that you're gonna lose, that things are leaving your life. What God started, he's gonna finish. What God began, he's gonna perfect. What God gave, he's gonna bring it to culmination in your life. He's the author and the perfecter of your faith and mine. Fix your eyes on Jesus. Let's defeat the distractions and keep the main thing the main thing. Okay, I'm gonna end with this. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 13. And thank you so much for uh, sticking with me tonight. It says, therefore, prepare your minds for action. Another version says, gird up your mind for action. And that's kind of a military term that means basically lift up and, uh, and, and get everything out of the way that could trip you up or trip you out. Anything in your life that you could trip over when you are uh, pursuing your purpose. Anything that is tripping you up and tripping you out, the Bible is saying, gird up 
your mind and prepare to take action because your future is in front of you. The kingdom of God is at hand. That not to the right or to the left, it's straight ahead. And get everything out of your path and out of your thoughts and out of your feelings that's gonna trip you up or trip you out. Prepare your mind for action. Stay sober in your spirit. We've got to avoid the introduction of inferior substances that causes the intoxication of our spiritual disposition. The things that are altering our judgment and our personalities, the things that, that are toxic to our spirit, stay sober in your spirit. Don't let the, the mindset of a broken system contaminate the spirit and the purity of what has been deposited in you. Action and sobriety, spiritual sobriety. Then fix your hope completely. Keeping the main thing the main thing. Fixing your hope completely on the grace. Everybody say the grace. The grace the unmerited favor, the divine enablement, the supernatural power and the spiritual help. Fix your hope completely on the grace that's brought to you when you get a revelation of Jesus Christ. Listen, when you get a revelation of Jesus, what you're actually getting a revelation of is his grace. Every time the grace of God appears, it brings salvation, Titus says. The grace of God appeared for this purpose, to bring salvation, the recovery of it all, to all men. The word hope there means that what we bring to the party is our expectation. God brings the fulfillment of that expectation. Hope means confidence in God accompanied with great joy. Fix your hope completely. The expectation that God's gonna do it. Your confidence is in God and because of that, it's accompanied with great joy. Why? Because the revelation of Jesus reveals the goodness and the grace of God that's directed toward you and me. I know these are uncommon times. I know this is unprecedented season in, in the life of our nation, but doggone it, you are an uncommon person with unprecedented access to the kingdom of God and the grace of God and the power of God and the courage of Christ. That whatever you're facing in your life, you have everything necessary to have victory in everything that you're facing. Why? Because of the grace of God. Because you're the righteousness of God. I'm asking the Holy Spirit to hit this house with the power and the wonder of his grace, that we would renew tonight our ability and our devotion to fix our eyes completely on the kingdom of God, the son of God, the grace of God, the goodness of God, the promises of God, and that we would rise above all of the toxic, divisive, division-producing results that are that of the broken system. I'm asking Jesus to bless you in a time where your blessing will shine brighter than the darkness that's trying to close people in and paint people into a corner. Resurrection Life Church, you're the people. This is the place and now's the time. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for the goodness of God that leads people to change. 
And Lord, I pray that everyone who can hear my voice tonight will abandon and destroy and defeat every distraction that is seeking to take their devotion and their attention off of the kingdom of God being first, off of the Son of God being the Lord of their life and the promises of God from operating in our lives. Lord, I pray for every person that needs to renew their relationship with you, that they would invite you into their hearts now. Just say, come into my heart, Lord Jesus. Forgive me of every distraction, every disruption, every fear eradicated out of my existence and receive the Lord Jesus as he activates redeemed innocence in your life and positions you and aligns you with blessings that will exceed your expectation. I'm asking God to bless you and send you into the rest of your life with the goodness of God marking you and the love of God leading you. Bless you, man. Thanks, for, thanks so much for checking in tonight. I'm asking God's blessing on your life. Thank you so much. God bless you. I'll see you next time. We hope what you heard today has been encouraging and given you new insight into the Word of God. We upload weekly, so join us again next time. Be blessed and enjoy your week.